Good afternoon, my conscious co-creators. Welcome to another edition of the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. Can you believe it? We've only got two shows left for the uh, for this year, this show and then next week's show. And I'm really super excited about the my guest today, who I will get to in just a moment. Um, uh, of course, I'm, I do want to read a little uh, section from my book, as usual. And this one um, is actually kind of interesting, because I think this one is is perfect for who my guest is today. So uh, let me get to that, and then I'll introduce you to my guest shortly. So this section of my book is entitled Harmony is When We Flow Effortlessly from Being to Doing. Sometimes we focus too much on doing, especially in the Western world, where productivity is so highly regarded. To find balance, we must focus on being. Both doing and being have a place in our lives. Both are important. They're like two sides of the same coin. When we learn to be more of who we are, we can do from a deeper place. When we take the time to meditate on what it is we want to be, what we want to do becomes more obvious. When we spend too much time on the doing, we get too busy to just be. Yes, we create a lot of things when we focus on the doing. We build everything from bridges to social media followings. We write books, close deals, and create new organizations. Yet, doing can become a trap. We get hooked on pursuing the next goal, the next accomplishment, the next thing to do. It is only when we take a step back to just breathe that we can see things a little more clearly. When we allow ourselves to take a break, and just be. Be in nature. Be with friends and family. Or just be alone. We can ask ourselves why why we are doing all the things we do. We can then look at it as if it is all in alignment with what we are about. Is our doing fully embodying our being? Is what we are creating truly an expression of what our essence calls us to? At the same time, if all we do is focus on how to be, then do we really accomplish anything? Are we bringing some creation into the world from our being? Harmony is achieved when we learn to flow effortlessly from being to doing and from doing to being. It takes time to master this flow, yet isn't it worth it? So this section I wrote a while ago, I think mostly because I remember at the time, I I know for myself personally, and I don't know how many of you can relate to this, but it's so easy for me to get caught up with all the little day-to-day things. And I got to do this and I got to do that. And, you know, got to clean the apartment and rearrange things and change stuff and go, go meet this person and do this show and do this and do that. And, And I get too caught up in the do, 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 do. And I can get lost and not stop and take the time to just sit and be. And it really is a practice. It really was something that took me a while to, you know what? I can slow down. It's okay. I can just take some time to be, to just sit with myself, to feel what's going on inside to feel what's right, to feel like what's the next thing to do. So often we we just rush into the doing. We just rush into the next appointment. We rush into the thing. And I've found for myself personally, one of the greatest gifts for myself has been just taking a pause, just taking a breath before I start something, before I go to the next networking event, before I have the next phone call, before I sit down to write my next blog post, to just take a breath and just center myself and just feel what's going on in here, inside. 
And then to just allow myself to come forward from that place. And it's so curious that when I actually slow down and take the time to not be rushing around and not be doing so much and just slow down and stop and be somehow then when I start doing it flows so much easier. It unfolds so beautifully. The the right answer, the right thing to say, it just comes out of me. it's, It's so interesting how I can get so much more done with so much less effort by just taking the time to sort of line myself up with what wants to come through me. It's one of my recent lessons and one I attempt to really keep present in my consciousness is it's not about me doing something. It's about what does life, what is life calling through me? What does life want to come through me in the moment? And if I'm too caught up in the doing, 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 I don't, I'm not connected to that. But when I stop and I slow down and I take a breath and I pause and I give a little bit of space, then I can connect to that thing that wants to be birthed through me. And so uh, what I would say for this next week, maybe between now and the next show, take a little bit of time to just be schedule it, put it into your calendar, free time, time for me, time to just be, put it in there and guard it very jealously and just do nothing. Don't watch TV. Don't be reading the news or or reading a book or anything to just sit and be and stare out the window or take a walk or do something where you're just with yourself and just see what comes up for you. Any ideas, any decisions, any feelings that maybe are things you should, you know, potentially pay attention to. So a wonderful section from my book, Everyday Awakening. Oops, I forgot to change my background. Just to remind you, If you wish to get my book, this is where you get it, www.everydayawakeningbook.com. It's filled with all kinds of of insights and thoughts. As you see, each one of them, it's not very long. It's it's a a page, page and a half, just to help you uh, find a place to be a little more empowered, a little more thoughtful, a little more insightful into your own life. So I hope you enjoyed it. As I mentioned, perfect, perfect uh, section of my book, which again, I did not cherry pick this. This was not on purpose. Uh, Actually, probably was on purpose, but not by me. Um, It was just the one that was next up because I actually didn't do uh, uh, a reading from my book last week. Um, I just did some quotes. and, And so I said, okay, what's the next one? That was the next one. So it is now my honor and my pleasure to introduce to you uh, Nandar Matari, who was born and raised in me. I'm not going to say it right. Myanmar. Myanmar, Yes. Myanmar, um, which used to be known as Burma, uh, where she started learning and practicing the precious ancient methods of mindfulness and meditation from many Buddhist monks and masters. She worked in different careers as an English teacher, um, as a financial consultant, and later as a sales manager and recruiting specialist in Germany. In spite of her great professional successes, she did not feel fulfilled. I don't know how many of you can relate to that, but I've had many guests on who, who can relate to that, and decided to follow her passion of teaching meditation, and she started doing that in 2014. Through her daily convention of meditations and diverse experiences over the past 28 years, she has created different forms of guided meditations and has taught thousands of people in groups and individuals in settings in Frankfurt, New York, Myanmar, um, Singapore, and Zurich over the past eight years. And she comes to us today uh, from her home where she currently is in Zurich, Switzerland. Welcome to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Nanda. Thank you very much, Sam, for having me today. 
Ah, oh, my pleasure. My pleasure. Uh, it, it was so much fun to be connected to you through a, a friend of mine who is a financial person. You know, she's a, a, an insurance person. And she's like, Sam, I think you, you should really uh, connect with my friend Nandar. And it was just a beautiful conversation. So I'm really uh, glad that uh, we were able to make this to work. Um, so I'm curious, you're actually, I believe you're my first guest who grew up in, in, in Myanmar. Um, what was it like there as a kid? What, what, what was the environment? Were you in a small vision, village? Were you in the big city? What was it like for you? Yeah, so I was born and raised in Myanmar. So the village or the city that I born, it is not a, a town, I would say. I'm not, I, I was not born in the city. So mm-hmm. it is a hilly region and I lived in the three-generation house. My mother, uh, father, it's my grandfather, uh, bought a big house and we lived uh, there with like 10 kids and nine adults. And uh, it was a great time. <laughs> so we uh, in Myanmar is a lot of poverty there. Um, we were under the colony of Britannia for a long time. And after yeah. our uh, independence in 1948, um, and we didn't make um, to the next level democracy. So we were under the military regime for a long time. And uh, lately, since this year, February, they also have a, a military coup again. And we are under mm. this civil war state. And it, it is sad, but somehow I'm now providing my people back by teaching meditation online as well. Wonderful, wonderful. Yeah, I mean... Uh... You know, sometimes I, I feel I'm, I'm such a spoiled American, uh, although I do like to travel and travel to different places around the world. It's so easy to forget that there's a lot of places in the world. There are literally billions of people who live in places where things are not that stable, where there's not that much freedom, where you really do have to be careful and where civil war is not that uncommon. So um, I, I really appreciate sort of the reminder and and giving the reminder to our listeners who are listening from all over the place to really be grateful and really appreciate whatever kind of stability and, and, and peace that we enjoy in our lives. Um, So uh, we're going to take a break in a minute. I'm just curious. I I know uh, uh, Myanmar is, is a very Buddhist country, when did you first sort of get introduced to meditation and, and first, you know, start to meet these, these Buddhist monks there? Yeah, I uh, heard about meditation like when I was 15 years young from my physics teacher. And I have this calling right away that I would like to try the methods. And I got a chance one year afterwards, after my high school, when I turned 16. And Um, I went to the monastery and I sit down in the monastery for 27 days. It was my first retreats. And uh, I learned all this meditation. It was my beginning. And which branch of Buddhism was that monastery or, or this it tradition? Theravada Buddhist, uh, Buddhism. Um, even under the Theravada Buddhism, there are many different types of meditation and different yeah. traditions. So I started with one of the uh, most popular methods in Myanmar. Mm. It, it, yeah, it's interesting that the person who I bought this station from, the talkradio.nyc, he ended up becoming a Theravadan monk. And and he now, uh, I mean, he he's went back to Australia where he's originally from, but he was ordained, I believe it was in Malaysia, and he goes to mm. Thailand and he goes to the forests and, and meditates for months at a time. Um, but I learned something from one of my guests a, a number of years ago. He said that it, in that part of the world, in the Southeast Asia, it's not that uncommon for people after high school to go to a monastery for a summer or for a year and, and, and sort of work with the monks and then come back out and then go on living their life, get married and do all kinds of stuff. And, and it's interesting because we tend to think of someone becomes a monk. It's like you do it for the rest of your life, but, but it's not necessarily that way there, is it? Not really. And we also have like kind of um, a ceremony, like after our teenagers, so at the beginning of it, mostly the, uh, the young uh, adult, like 12 or 13, these teenagers for the boy, and they must have this experience of getting into the monkhood. So that it is a kind of like part from being a boy to a man. So this is the first time of it. But um, 
during that time, it was 1993, my, around that time, it was not very frequent that after the high school, the people go to the monastery, but it becomes um, a thing. So like after 1990s or something, the people have this um, chance so to uh, wait for their university. And at that time, they went to serve and also learn about meditation more. So gotcha. it's become a trend right now. Wonderful, wonderful. Okay, let, let, let's take our first break. And when we come back, I, I would like to learn a little bit more sort of about your path and your journey, be, you know, from becoming sort of a, a, a successful uh, professional to then like becoming a meditation teacher and deciding like, this is really your passion in life. Okay, sure. Wonderful, Nandar. So everybody, please stay tuned. You're listening to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. We do this every Thursday, except for the last two weeks of the year. We take a break. Uh, 12 noon to 1 p.m. Eastern time right here on talkradio.nyc and all over Facebook on Facebook Live. And we will be right back after this. Are you a business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy, and I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant, and on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. Are you on edge? Hey, we live in challenging, edgy times, so let's lean in. I'm Sandra Bargeman, the host of The Edge of Every Day, which airs each Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Tune in live with me and my friends and colleagues as we share stories and perspectives about pushing boundaries and exploring our rough edges. That's The Edge of Every Day on Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. Welcome back to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. We're speaking today with Nandar Matari, meditation teacher, all the way from Zurich, uh, uh, Switzerland. Um, uh, so Nandar, so you started off your life, you're, you're in Minamar. Um, you, you, you learn about meditation as a teenager, um, but then you kind of start off a normal life, right? You became an English teacher and then you, you became other stuff. How did things sort of progress for you? How did you uh, sort of move through and become actually very successful in your professional career? Thank you very much for asking. So um, my first meditation um, experience, it was in six, uh, 1993. Um, shortly after that, I had a chance to visit the Thai border region. And I found the different world because the Burma was a very poor state and still is. <laughs> Um, uh, then I just decided that I would like to travel the world and see that what kind of war out there. Um, then I came back to, then my mother plan was to attend the medical school. I said that I know I do not want to become a doctor because I would like to travel the world. So I decided to study English at the university instead of uh -huh. taking 
uh, that medical school. And later on, I also became an med- uh, English teacher because I was very much interested in English. So with that meditation practice um, in my daily life, and also I went back to the different monastery one or two times in a year, whenever I have um, the chance. So my consciousness level and my confidence level become heightened up um, year by year. And so I, I, I work or I make decisions from my own heart from the very beginning. Mm. So um, though it was hard because I have no support from my parents, I also do not have any relatives at them in, in the uh, you know, foreign country. So I applied for different university and also try many things. And in, in, 19, uh, in 2004, it was, I was 27, I got the MD acceptance in London. Unfortunately, I didn't get the visa. So, but I decided to get to proceed my way anyway. And my plan was going to America as a refugee. But unfortunately, I lost all my money um, in a scam in Bangkok. So I worked there shortly as an interpreter. But later on, I decided that, okay, I do not want to go back to my home country because there are a lot of, you know, corruption and also killing happening there. So I decided to go to uh, Germany. Uh, and, uh, with one back each and 10 euro. It was in 2005. And so I started my life from all over again, learning German. Later on, I found this company uh, who trained me to become a financial consultant. And so that is the, that is how I, I proceed. And because I really listen to what I really want from my heart. And I have this drive and also confidence out of my own practice of meditation throughout the years. So it sounds like the meditation that you were practicing really helped you to stay centered and to really pay attention to what's important on the inside. So you were able to more clearly feel and hear like what direction you really want to go in. Yes. Yes. I'm curious, do you remember what your very first meditation experience was like? I still remember because I was very deep into all this um, meditative state and Mm -hmm. I have a high samadhi according to a samadhi is the high concentration. So I can literally even see the first uh, step of my own past life. You know, my mentor monk told me that you don't uh, see all these pictures and I just shut it off. But in 2009, when I was in Germany at the time and all these ability coming back. So I would say that the first uh, state of you know 27 days when I was 16 was very difficult it was also the longest Mm. retreat that I've ever had but um it all worth it because I can really um control my mind emotion and thoughts through Mm. practicing meditation and so once you started working like as a financial consultant and and really started your professional career did you keep up a, a a regular routine of your meditation practice were you still able to do it what was that like Yes, um, I meditate early in the morning, always 10 to 15 minutes, sometimes uh, up to 20 minutes or 30 minutes if I have time. So without having any kind of practice, I won't be able to survive, I think, and try. And um, so it, it is a kind of, I have a very strong morning routines. I wake up early in the morning and then I go for a work or I mean jogging. And then I listen at the time, the audio book, when I came back, I meditate, I take shower and I meditate right away. Then afterwards, I write down my goals and do the, all the stuff. So I'm, this is the morning routines and also meditating regularly and daily basic and listening to my heart. It's also lead me to have all the assets I've had. Uh, so, so literally, we're just meditating, you know, 15, 20 minutes a day. It, it is just that that little bit of time because sometimes I feel people feel like oh if I'm going to have a meditation practice I have to vote an hour in the morning an hour at night and like make it a whole big thing but it actually can be very simple it can be very short it doesn't have to be a long big thing I guess the key thing you would say is consistency yes it is it is something like meditation itself is a kind of like finding alignment and attunement to your own intuition and what is going on with yourself. It is about deeply checking in with yourself. How are you feeling? Sometimes you're also feeling tired. Sometimes you can be feeling lonely, whatever that might be. Meditation, I would say, is a form of taking shower and clearing our own thoughts. Mm-hmm. Right? And also the emotions. It is something like the, also taking the stroke of the bicycle. If we are not meditating, regularly so we cannot uh, make the correction of the, uh, our life regular basic 
You know, if you say that, okay, I'll meditate once in a, a week or maybe once in a month. And so we'll be totally in the wrong direction. That is why meditating every day, like five to 10 minutes is much more uh, effective than meditating once in a week for an hour or once in a month in a two hours or so. Mm, gotcha. 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 And so I'm curious, you were, you're a very successful professional, um, but you kind of got to that point that I think many of us feel where it just feels hollow. It's not really satisfying. Do you remember like what it was that brought you to be able to make that decision to say, you know what, I just don't want to do this anymore. I want to teach people meditation. Yeah. Um, it is a big shift and transformation. I was totally all these materialistic world. And also I was grown up in Myanmar. And so the one who are successful is the one who got the medical doctor or the engineer. So when I'm coming to the, you know, Western world, so you must be very much successful as a salesperson, consultant also. So you must have an insurance, you must drive a certain type of car and he must wear a certain way. So I was totally um, also, how do you call it, brainwashed by this pattern of what is success like. But with that spiritual development, of course, I meditate regularly. And on top of it, I also learned different types of meditation from the Hindu traditions. And I sort of took this um, energy cleansing methods and also passive regression, all these spiritual development that I've made throughout the year while I was working as a financial consultant, make me more and more in touch with who I really am. And I also try to see that world that we are like the donkeys chasing after the carrot in front of us and this new going nowhere. <laughs> I literally see it because right. the more I made the sales, they wanted me to get this, all these charts uh, list and then you have to be on top of it and let the people compete with each other so that we are in the red race. You know, yeah. trying to compete against each other and to make the profit for the company. So I literally see this wall instead in front of my eyes. And I say, that, no, I do not do that things anymore. And because I'm right, I mean, climbing up the ladder, but it was a wrong ladder. I'm, I was, I was brainwashed from the very beginning. So I decided to let it go. Yeah. I remember when, when somebody told me one time, that, uh, you know, we're so busy climbing up the ladder, we don't stop to think if it's uh, leaning against the right wall or not, or leaning against the wall we want or not. And so yeah. I guess like, the meditation helps us to sort of step back and, and, and feel like, you know, I'm climbing up this ladder, but is it the right ladder? And is it leaning against the right wall? And is this really what I want to be doing? Because you have that little, you have that break every day, you have that, that, that sacred time every day to reflect and just think about and, and feel into what's going on in your life. That's sure. This is also this um, regular meditation is also a part of heightening my intuition. But on the mm -hmm. other hand, that different seminars and spirituality seminars that I have taken also asked all the time, what is the real longing from your heart? What is the real mm -hmm. longing from a heart? And so it is somehow my real longing is to make uh, the people happy and also find the peace. All of my journey itself, my mother was a tiger mom. She wanted me to be really successful. So I also found it out that I'm trying to please my mother by showing different kinds of success for her. Actually, I was not living what I really want from my heart. So this meditation itself also come naturally to me. When I become a team leader in this financial services company, I started teaching them to meditate because I really want people to find this peace and love, even if it is a one minute, five minute, or 10 minutes so um, i would say that the combination of my daily practice and the awakening and also healing my inner wounds of my compensation of success is the compensation for um to have love from my parents most of the you know adults out there are also the same actually they are not living their own life but they are trying to please their mother or father or the society around them so that is exactly happening with our world right now, that yes. we are right now forced to really think about who we really are and what we really want. Yeah. So I would say that the awakening I've made it in 2012, it is now happening to a lot of people. And though it seemed to be painful, it is a very good process. And I'm very much excited for the future. Yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, let's hold it there for the moment. We need to take another break. And when we come back, 
Uh, I, I'm just curious, was there anything that caused you that, that any specific time? Or I just want to hear about that, that when you took that leap, when you finally said, okay, I'm, I'm not doing this stuff anymore. I'm going to be teaching meditation. And then what sort of happened since then and what it is that you really teach people and, and what people can, uh, you know, you t- talk about a lot of self mastery. I will get into all of that. Okay. Sure. Wonderful, Nandar. So everybody, please stay tuned. You're listening to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, and we will be right back uh, with Nandar Matari right after this. Howdy, I am Joseph Franklin McElroy, host of the new podcast, Gateway to the Smokies. It airs on talkradio.nyc every Tuesday night from 6 p.m. to 7. Every episode is dedicated to memorable experiences in the Great Smoky Mountains National Park and surrounding areas. This show features experts and locals who will expound upon the richness of culture, history, and adventure that awaits you in the Smokies. Tune in every Tuesday from 6 p.m. to 7 on talkradio.nyc. Are you passionate about the conversation around racism? Hi, I'm Reverend Dr. TLC, host of the Dismantle Racism Show, which airs every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Join me and my amazing guests as we discuss ways to uncover, dismantle, and eradicate racism. That's Thursdays at 11 o'clock a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you a small business trying to navigate the COVID-19 related employment laws? Hello, I'm Eric Sauver, employment law business law attorney and host of the new radio show, Employment Law Today. On my show, we'll have guests to discuss the common employment law challenges business owners are facing during these trying times. Tune in on Tuesday evenings from 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Welcome back to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. So, Nandar, we were talking about how, like, your meditation really helped you to to find what was really important to you in your life, and and how you really wanted to to give this gift to people to to show them how they can be happy in their lives too. Um, do you remember? Was there a moment? Was there a specific incident, or was it something just more gradual that happened that brought you to the point that said? I'm done with this professional life. I just want to teach meditation and energy healing and that kind of stuff. Yeah. So it is a gradual shift happened uh, with me. The first time that I can uh, recall was um, on the day of I, I got achieved the um, med- uh, sorry, uh, this is a team leader, um, mm-hmm. team leader, um, how did they call it? Congress. We were in the Congress and we, they are just like, they are rewarded the people who become the team leader because it is difficult because I have to build up my own teams and so on. And so I also got some rewards and so to go to the holiday and so on. And I was on top of the wall and I say that, okay, I tried to achieve this position for a long time and I finally achieved it. I walk on top of this stage and all these lights are shining on me. So then I was also hearing that all these people are applauding us, like maybe 5,000 or even more. Then I was just uh, listening and I was just, I cannot see them all. And I thought that I would be very happy and I would be elated with joy. But on contrary to it, I felt that I felt lost. And I also heard myself saying, what am I doing here? So then I, after this um, event, I felt that, okay, is there something wrong with me? You know, I was depressed and so on. So I even take a break and I also went to different um, vision seminars and so on. This is the first time that the second time also I achieved this sales manager position. Then Mm -hmm. after that, I also achieved um, this incentive holiday to AIDA. It's a cruise, um, five-star cruise event. And on that cruise, instead of, 
enjoying it, I got sick, you know, for oh, wow. five days. And so it is also, there are signs in our heart and in, in, uh, from our body, from our soul, especially, it is now telling us if we have all these kind of un, uh, feeling unease in our heart or having diseases, it's a sign that you have to change something in your life. So I listened to that. I paid attention to that. Then at the same time, I thought that I was together with that uh, German guy and we were also working together. We have our own team together. And I was also unhappy with that relationship anymore. But I also just uh, think, don't know what I have to do because I was at that time, six and a half year in the Germany and all of the things I also um, you know, built up with him. But I knew that I just have to leave this relationship first. And so I left him. It was in um, May 2012. And then afterwards, I mean, I tried to keep on working with the team and um, this consolation of working together with him, with your ex, doesn't work out. <laughs> so, but I was trying to save my team, save my stuff. And at one point, I come to understand that I have to leave this industry also behind because I do not have any motivation anymore. Mm. shortly after that but it is not coming like right away okay i i know that right now what i need it's a journey so you know do some other odd jobs you know and so to survive and thrive during that because it is a provision basic so i do not have you know all this regular money or pay to pay my rent so i have to do some other odd job and then i took the sales position as a recruiter it also went well and I can sail, make a sales because I do not have any worries or fears to call the people and to hear no. But I, can't, I also know that that is also not my choice. So then after like a couple of months or so, you know, though I made sales, they shut down the company branch that I was appointed. Uh. Then I said that, okay, now it is the time to try something out, which is really come from, from my heart. I do not have any fears anymore. Then at that time, I was just sitting down in the meditation. I said, ask to God, please, dear God, tell me what I should do. You know, when I'm really down on the knees and ready to listen, I heard that very clear message from God, teach people to meditate. So I did was in 2014, March, and I've been doing ever since and I never stopped. Wow. Wonderful. Wonderful. Um, I'm, I'm curious when it first, when you first started teaching, uh, was it easy to find people or did it take a while to sort of build up a following and, and attract people to you for, for learning meditation? I'm, it was a constant um, right choice or I would say, because at the first time I hear the message on the um, Tuesday and then I rent a room in on Sunday, so a couple of days later. And then I wrote that all my friends on Facebook and five people say that will come because um, they also know that I, I meditate and, you know, I always talk about them. So mm-hmm. I was in sales and I also have a huge network because I volunteers um, uh-huh. in the different organizations. And so from the three, five people, they say uh, they come and from the three people came. So after one and a half hours of group meditations, two people say that I felt the shift in my heart and I want to walk one-to-one with you. So from Uh there, I have two one-to-one clients. And so from there is like, uh, there are also slunch in between. There are not um, many clients, but most of the time I have this big group meditation and I have one-to-one clients. Mm. And I started that in Frankfurt, Germany in 2014. Then later on, I moved to New York City in 2017 and all this journey keep on going. Wow. Wow. Amazing. Amazing. I'm curious, you know, this is something that for me, I've always found so interesting is the, the difference between doing individual meditation by yourself and doing a group meditation. How would you describe the difference? And, and is there something where, where there's, it's more appropriate to do group meditation or more appropriate to do individual meditation? It depends on the type of person, but if the people feel like meditating in a group, then meditating in a group is much more effective and you, we will also achieve this energy you know, quicker than they learn one by one. Um, the fact is meditation is not only about learning the techniques, it's also about 
copying the energy. We have our conscious field around us. They call it aura. And so when you meditate, it is somehow activating all this energy field around people. So it is something like I'm just giving the fire from my candle to the other candle without losing my light. So that is why I'm still meditating with my mentors, monks and nuns right now via Zoom um, on regular basis because I'm now copying their um, their light and their wisdom from my heart so that I can also give it back to them. Mm-hmm. So I would say that um, both are effective. It also depends on the type of personality. But according to my own experiences, meditating in a group is very, very good. And you sh- the people should definitely do it. I remember hearing a number of years ago that they did a study, I believe it was in Washington, D.C. They got like 400 people together to meditate. And the weekend that they meditated, the incidence of violent crime dropped by like 40%. Yes. I'm curious, when you hold your group meditations, have you ever noticed uh, either afterwards or around that time that there's been some sort of external shift that correlated to that group meditation? I didn't notice because I don't make any kind of research around me, but mm-hmm. I can definitely see that every time after I meditate with a group of people in the, in, I mean, it, I, I have a group meditation right now, eight people, 10 people, till to 30 people for the Burmese people. I have right now um, 45 people in the groups. Mm-hmm. So the, I, I feel the shift of the energy right after this 15 minutes mm-hmm. guided meditation with that. Mm. I felt the um, you know calmness. All the people also felt the same. Ah. So, yeah. So it's more like an individual experience, l- like feeling the individual experience of a shift as opposed to anything external that you've noticed. Yeah. Of course, they also change um, how they act. And also a lot of people, um, my first clients in the state, he got, he um, is a young teenager's boy. He got a suicide attempt for two years ago before he came to me. So nobody can really help him. He was all the bipolar and, you know, he was working with a lot of different psychotherapists. And so his mother came to me while I was volunteering at a monastery in L.A., and she um, asked me if I could help her son. So I started meditating with him on regular basis. And after two months, he came out of the room. And then after three months, he said that he, he knows that what you really want in our heart. In other words, is he wants something in his heart, but he thought that he has to conform his family and the society, becoming an engineer and also taking over the restaurant and so on. That make him really heavy in his thought and take uh-huh. that suicide. So after that, you know, he, after nine months later, he become totally normal person. So it is also the same. There are many different types of people who are coming to my meditation. Sometimes they have unexplainable syndrome of stress and also tumor, and they also get healed with that. And also there are different types of burnout, depressions. They all get better after working certain period of time with me. Wonderful. Wonderful. Well, it's amazing. You've affected so many people. Uh, uh, in your life. It's really incredible. I've had a number of people come on and they talk about meditation and how it's affected them personally, but I haven't had too many people who are actually meditation teachers. So it's Mm -hmm. it's great to hear about all of that. Um, Believe it or not, it's time for us to take our last break before we finish up the show. So when we come back, I actually want to ask you, I know you wrote a a little book called Following the Spark. So I want to ask you about that. And then we'll let people know how to get in touch with you. Okay. I'll talk about my new book that I'm writing too. Awesome. Wonderful. So everyone stay tuned. You're listening to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. We do this every Thursday, 12 noon to 1 p.m. Eastern time, right here on talkradio.nyc. And if you miss any part of the show, you know you can always catch us on all of the podcasting platforms, Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Google, Amazon, Pandora, we're everywhere. Um, And so we will come right back with Nandara Matari right after this. Join us every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Eastern for the Mind Behind Leadership, where we focus on what leadership really means to us and to others. We have practical discussions with the CEOs of some of the world's largest companies, owners of small businesses, and experts in psychology and behavior to get that inside track, what to do, what to avoid, and what really happens. 
Join me, Graham Dobbin, at the new time, 4pm, every Tuesday for the Mind Behind Leadership, here live on talkradio.nyc. Hey, everybody, it's Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector, coming at you from my attic. Each week here on talkradio.nyc, I host a program, Philanthropy and Focus. Nonprofits impact us each and every day, and it's my focus to help them amplify their message and tell their story. Listen each week at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on talkradio.nyc. Calling all pet lovers. Pet Avengers, assemble! On the Professionals and Animal Lovers show, we believe the bond between animal lovers is incredibly strong. It mirrors that bond between pets and their owners. Through this program, we come together to learn, educate, and advocate. Join us live every Wednesday at 2 p.m. at talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Welcome back to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. We've been speaking this hour with Nandar Matari. Uh, so, Nandar, you wrote a book called Following the Spark, and you're in the process of writing another book. Tell us about them. Yeah, I wrote a book called Following the Spark. It is an autobiography. I was um, trying to write the, about the meditation, actually, but there are sequence of creation that I also do believe and trust, and it just come out my a journey, how I've grown up, how I also follow my heart and following the spark is following the inner fire. So we have this intuition and knowing inside of us that if we really follow that, we are always on the right path. It is all about it. And the second book that I'm writing is, uh, writing is called Beyond Limits. So it is about our universal principle or the spiritual principle that how the universe work and how we can live accordingly. It is also beyond the limitation of um, having a certain cars or materials belonging or doing a certain jobs. It is beyond our limitations of what the society is giving to us. So I've been teaching all those spiritual principles since the beginning of, uh, I started this in 2014, my career. But while I started in the group coachings and one-to-one too, and at one point, when the 2020, um, the pandemic starts, all these people came to me as one-to-one. I couldn't handle them anymore. Then I decided to do this eight-week groups meditation. Because I also saw that after eight weeks, consecutive weeks of meditation, all these people also change. Their behavior pattern change. All the people who has, you know, that young guy who got a suicide attempt came out of the, um, you know, um, the room after eight weeks. You know, there are also um, scientific effect about meditation. After eight weeks of consecutive uh, type of meditation, the people normally change their prefrontal cortex and also the limbic brain. So that is why I now started, um, I've finished so far eight, um, eight week groups meditation, oh. um, starting from last year, August, 2020, until so far, and I'm now running the ninth group. So I taught this eight group eight weeks eight group meditations in three languages: English, German, and Burmese. And I saw that how the people change and uh, totally. And so that is why right now I'm writing about that book and teaching all these eight spiritual principles and how the universe works and how we can really overcome our limiting thoughts and belief and really create a life which is also very much coherence with our heart desires. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. There's no doubt in my mind that this pandemic has been not just an opportunity because we've all had to spend a lot more time with ourselves, but it really sort of uh, uh, heightened uh, the necessity for learning to be okay with being with ourselves. Have you noticed over the past year that like more people are open to the idea of meditation? Have more people been drawn to you or or is it just kind of been moving along the way it was before? 
more people are now open to the meditation for sure. A lot of people also started with yoga. It's also fine because for the people who are very much active at all the time, the med- yoga itself is a form of meditation. There are four types of meditation, like the body meditation, like Qigong, Tai Chi, yoga. And the second type is concentration on the uh, transcendental meditation, reciting something or visualization. So, but right now, what the people need is actually emotional meditation because a lot of people do not know how to deal with their own emotion. So right. this is um, breath work. And I also teach this emotional meditation too. And then the fourth type is wisdom meditation to understand, to understand how the universe work, how our minds and our thoughts work, because a lot of people think that because I'm thinking that thoughts, it must be my thoughts. And I belong to this thought. Or what I, why I was feeling that feelings, it must be mine. And so the people have now building up a lot of self-hatred and also hatred to, uh, hatred to other people. But the real deal is the whole world is burning. The whole world is now suffering and having all these depression. So how the people could come out with good thoughts all the time. But so meditation is also the wisdom meditation itself is learning that we are not our thoughts we are not our emotions and we are beyond that, our physical body and all these thoughts and emotion. So that is why right now a lot of people are open to learn about meditation and to also really anchor their, themselves all this turbulence and chaotic time. Yeah, yeah. And it's definitely it needed more than ever before uh, with everything that's happening. Just we don't know week to week, month to month, day to day, like what's going to happen and, and where we're going. Um, you also teach a, a course on self-mastery. What, what is that about? That is the first self-mastery course is all about um, these eight spiritual principles and how the universe work. And uh, I'm also writing a book about it. This is a self-mastery level one. It is about mastering ourselves, mastering our feelings, thoughts, and emotions. And the second level is, I call it self-mastery level two. This is the second level. I also teach about how the people are interrelated with each other and mm-hmm. how to master our relationship, how to see the worldview and what mm-hmm. we are seeing outside is the other form of who we are. So this is also a different spiritual principle and the mindset that the people can really master their relationship. Right. And the master mastery level three is all about becoming a meditation teacher. I'll be started doing um, next year. From this year alone, I finished three self mastery level two as well. That is a three month class. And uh-huh. I teach the first level is all about eight spiritual principle, how the universe works, and how to master ourselves. Second level is I teach 10 habits, spiritual mm-hmm. habits that we should um, and, uh, integrate in our lives to master our relationships. And of course, this level three is all about becoming a meditation teacher. Mm, mm, beautiful, beautiful. Um, um, you know, sometimes people feel that like when we've achieved a certain level of awareness or self-mastery, that like everything in life is fine. We, we're, we don't have any stress or anything. What challenges you today, like with your practice and with doing everything you're doing, what kinds of challenges show up for you today? My challenges right now is not to be over um, over excessive with the development of my students or my clients because mm-hmm. I have the tendency I would like to overgive or I wanted to uh. give and show the way that they need to know before they are ready to learn for it. I mean, yeah. it's something like everything in life we need times to grow, and so when I am seeing that myself, I just have to draw myself back, and even the people who are now suffering or I mean, taking a lot of suicide right now in Switzerland too, and, and Europe especially, maybe all over the world. And I was really suffering sometime and I really would like to help them and show them, you know, how you, they can come out of their own mind trap. But in reality is that um, I'm not responsible for anyone around right. myself. So with that, I right now, my challenge is all about bringing myself back to my center because my uh, enlightenment or my um, peace and love is the things that I can help to the world. But if I am the fire, I can uh, spread the warmth to the people around me. If I am a water, I can spread the coolness to uh, to the people around me. So um, it is 
all about even if the enlightened enlightened people suffer because it is the part of life that you like the heart rate we all go ups and down but my challenge is also you know to center myself in my love and to peace every day yeah 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 i think that's the sort of no matter how advanced we get in our practices or in what we do that still that staying present to what's going on inside of us staying centered every day keeping to our practice and and learning to come from a place of seeing the world as perfect and just giving people the support they need and not trying to fix things and not trying to to carry people that that's always a challenge for us yeah that's for sure. And at the same time, uh, the, our regular practice of meditation is very important. I'm now right now meditating with one hour in a day. Um, so with other very experienced meditators from Myanmar, I was also the disciple of a certain uh, master and the meditation master. And they also reached a certain level of wisdom. So I'm learning mm-hmm. from them every day. So I also meditate on my own, like 30 to 40, 40 minutes and <laughs> Meditate with this group of people. So, by having that mind support and like-minded community is very important because we couldn't make alone. So that is why this also my go-to. You know, I have my group of people who are also enlightened and who are also meditating regularly. I meditate with them every day so that I can stay in my center and I have my peace, which I can spread it to the world. Wonderful, wonderful. Unfortunately, Nanda, it's the end of the time. I, I could talk with you for hours. Um, please, if people want to learn more about you, learn about your meditation circles, uh, where can they go? How can they find out more about you? Sure. Um, my meditation uh, website, and is um, uh, you can also download the 10 minutes guided meditation on my website, this matarimeditation.com. And with S or without S, you can achieve there. And you can also follow me on Instagram with Matari Meditation. I also have this on Facebook. And also I got a LinkedIn profile too with Nanda Matari. So from there, you will be informed about my next class. And also my book will be launched very hopefully very soon with the title Beyond Limits. Wonderful, wonderful. And, and yeah, we'll have to kind of you come back on the show once your book is launched and, and schedule you back in. Thank you for taking the time out of your schedule to, to come on the show today. I truly appreciate you. I appreciate what you do and what you're up to in the world. Thank you, Nanda. Thank you very much, Sam. And, and of course, thank you, my loyal listeners, for tuning in every week. I didn't get to my the, the uh, shouting out people on Facebook been a little bit busy, but I, I will answer you guys. Um, so thank you all for tuning in. Of course, stay tuned for all the other great shows on the network. And, and just to remind you, if you haven't caught the newest show on the network, The Edge of Every Day comes on Monday evenings at 7 p.m. I think you'll really like Sandra and what she talks about on her show. So make sure you catch that one. And of course, if you missed any part of today's show, catch us on all of the podcast platforms as well as on talkradio.nyc. So thank you all for tuning in. We will talk to you one more time next week. Take care. Do you run or are ready to open your own business? Hi, I'm Jeremiah Fox. I've been operating and opening small business for the last 25 years, and I'm the host of the new show, The Entrepreneurial Web. Tune in every Friday at noon Eastern time for insights and stories on the nuances of running small business right here on Fridays at noon, talkradio.nyc. Have you ever thought of reinventing yourself? Are you looking to create a new life's journey? Hi, I'm Kevin Barbaro, host of Coffee Talk XL every Tuesday night, 5, 8 p.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Tune in live to hear me and my guests from a variety of different backgrounds. 
As a former college coach and a current full-time actor and owner of multiple companies, my show is as eclectic as my life. That's Coffee Talk XL, every Tuesday night, 8 p.m. on talkradio.nyc. informed about menopause and how it impacts on your life? Hi, I'm Pat Duckworth, women's health strategist and host of the Hot Women Rock radio show, empowering women leaders at menopause. Join me every Thursday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. UK Time on talkradio.nyc for interviews with inspirational women who will share their top tips to rock your world. In a post-COVID world, you may have many unanswered questions regarding your health. Are you looking to live a healthier lifestyle? Do you have a desire to learn more about mental health and enhance your quality of life? Or do you just want to participate in self-understanding and awareness? I'm Frank R. Harrison, host of Frank About Health, and each Thursday, I will tackle these questions and work to enlighten you. Tune in every Thursday at 5 p.m. on talkradio.nyc, and I will be Frank About Health to advocate for all of us. Gateway to the Smokies. It airs on talkradio.nyc every Tuesday night from 6 p.m. to 7. Every episode is dedicated to memorable experiences in the Great Smoky Mountains National Park and surrounding areas. This show features experts and locals who will expound upon the richness of culture, history, and adventure that awaits you in the Smokies. Tune in every Tuesday from 6 p.m. to 7 on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. 